With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Myron Metcalf back here on 1500 ESPN, filling in for Royce, feeling good. It's Friday, and I just ate some animal crackers, which are the most uh, addicting of the snack foods in my life. I can't speak for you. We have Courtney Cronin on the line who covers the Vikings for ESPN.com, does an amazing job, not just as a writer, but on TV, on the radio, a real superstar. Courtney, how you doing? I'm good, Myron. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for making uh, time for me in the show. Um, of course. This is, this is the only time. Why do you want to have me on? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I need to go with the fill-in. Every time I want to get on to the status spot. Hey, he should, he definitely should be on here. You definitely deserve to be on here a lot. And you're, people are talking about the team you cover a ton. I wonder, Courtney, if I'm looking at this like in terms that are maybe too simplistic. I feel like Case Keenum had a phenomenal season last year. Like, barring what happened in the NFC title game and the pick six and all that, like an amazing year. What is the expectation or what should it be for Kirk Cousins? Like, should it be duplicating what Case did, exceeding that? Like, what's the fair expectation going into next year? Well, I mean, if money talks, then it's Super Bowl or bust. You don't pay $84 million regardless of what the market commanded for quarterbacks in the free agency. Um, if you don't think that this is a guy that can take your franchise to that next step, which for the Vikings is you know winning their first Lombardi trophy. So it's going to be a really interesting season because anytime Case Keenum has success and Kirk Cousins doesn't, if that happens, there's going to be the buyer's remorse and there's going to be the, well, they should have stayed with Keenum argument. And you know that's going to pop up um, at certain times because, you know, they – Thinking about this in a realistic standpoint, it's not going to necessarily be all roses when you have a brand-new offensive coordinator, a brand-new quarterback, and you're installing a new offense, and all the other pieces are in place, that's great, but there's certainly going to be bumps in the road that's you know, a natural progression in, in, in bringing something new to a team and just installing a new system. So for Cousins, I mean, the, the three-year, $84 million guaranteed is a window that they have, but I still think, you know, given the state of the defense and some of the contracts coming up, but their Super Bowl window is even smaller than the length of Kirk Cousins' contract. So you said something that really makes me think and is very interesting and very important. Were they one elite quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl and maybe winning it, or were they just one maybe so-so game from Case Keenum away from advancing? Like, how did you see that at the end of their season? Were you like, they got to go get out another quarterback, or did you think there were other issues that were more important? Well, I think the whole lightning in a bottle argument with Keenum is valid. It's the same argument that you see with Nick Foles. Can this be sustainable 
uh, beyond the 2017 season. But for me, the thing I look at is what happened to this defense the last six quarters of the season? What happened to the pass rush the last five games of the season? There were a lot of flaws offensively. I mean, you take a look at the offensive line, all the you know, rash of injuries that really kind of came to a head there in the Carolina game week 14. And then on top of that, uh, you know, you start to see a little bit of, you know, Keenum kind of getting humbled and looking human. And then with the defense, there were a lot of holes that were exposed late in the season, and those things did not get fixed. So for me, I'm taking a look at this thinking, okay, there's going to be pieces of this team leaving in free agency, and obviously the quarterback position is the one you're going to zero in on. But don't forget that, you know, this defense gave up 38 points in the NFC Championship game and allowed the Saints to come back. Um, after a really good first half in the divisional round the week before. Do you think that a, a Sheldon Richardson is automatically going to elevate this defense? It's already the best defense in the league, right? But elevate them to the point where they can execute in the situation where they didn't in the playoffs? It's certainly an upgrade to be able to fill that Tom Johnson spot where you have a guy who's 27 years old. I mean, the sack numbers weren't there last year. Uh, I don't know if that's really what we should be focusing on because he was explosive and really started to hit that peak when he was with the Jets. Um, and to see him now where he's one big season away from a massive contract, um, I think that this is going to be a huge year for Sheldon Richardson and everything that he could potentially bring to this team. But Aside from that, too, I mean, it's something Rick Spielman talked about uh, the day you assign. The next thing they had to do is adjust that rotation. He talked about Philadelphia. Um, you know, the reason that they were so good and the reason they were able to stay fresh 20 games in the season, they had the eight-man rotation. And that's so critical down the stretch where, you know, when you can point to issues of like Pat, I do see Everson Griffin playing through plantar fasciitis. Um, you know, there are some other situations just with the pass rush at kind of alluded to the fact that they didn't have fresh legs. Um, so for me, getting guys like Jalen Holmes and Adair Aruna you know, to compete for those spots to be part of the, uh, you know, the rotation is going to be huge. Courtney, it's Reavers. You know, one of the critiques that I had from this past couple of weeks with the Vikings, and I know that they've always targeted athletes because Zimmer always says this. I, I, I can teach a guy technique and I can teach a guy fundamentals, but I can't teach a guy to run a 4-3. And I get all that. And in fact, I'm in favor of that. But when they went into this draft, to me, they had one objective. They had one job, and that was to in some way acquire one starter for that offensive line, a unit that I think is still the weakest link of this team that has Super Bowl aspirations. To me, that was a big swing and a miss by this front office. You know, I I see the argument, and I agree with you. I do think that that should have been the priority when it was such a glaring. You know, the the answer was staring staring at them at 30. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing that, you know, that they had so many options between, you know, you see Frank Ragnall go at 20 and you see the interior run on guards, but guys like Austin Corbett was still available, Connor Williams, Will Hernandez at that spot, um, and then the run didn't stop in day two. It kept continuing. So what do you have? I mean, you have a very good, you know, very good potential, potential starter in Brian O'Neill. Do I think he's ready to start right now? I'm not sure. Um, I know there is some concern, obviously, about the fact that he has to play at game strength, and he's about you know in a 290-pound range right now, and numbers played right tackle at 310 last year. Um, you're going to be facing some really good defensive lines this year, and to be able to hold those blocks, 
you know, somebody who physically has a lot of work to do, and that's something that Jamal Stevenson, their lead college scout, and, and Rick Spielman, and Mike Zimmer, even Brian O'Neill himself all said, I need to get stronger. That's got to be the number one priority. Um, the good thing is, I think with him, he's done this before. He's went from tight end to tackle ahead of the 2015 season, you know, reportedly put over 60 pounds on his frame over that course of time, not within like the first month and a half. He said he had about a month and a half to learn the position, which that's tough, uh, but over time he did put that weight on. It's just where does that translate now to the next four months until kickoff? Will he be ready? I don't know, and that's where you take a look say, okay, the Mike Hughes take at 30 is a really good pick down the road. He might need time to develop. When you needed a guard right now and you didn't go out and get them, that may come back to bite you if the offensive line can't hold up and protect your cousins. Courtney, I never got the sense that Zimmer liked Keenum. I mean, I know that he was kind of playing the – game of trying to inspire him by not giving him too much hype publicly, but he, he's all in on Cousins. How do you think that will impact the team, knowing that this is Zimmer's guy, that this is the guy right away and there are no questions this offseason? I think it certainly at least like answers the question at the quarterback position. They they want the longevity. They haven't been able to get it because, you know, really and truly the Christian Ponder pick is kind of what set a lot of things in motion that set the franchise back a couple of years at that position. Um, you know, Taking taking a, taking him with the first round pick and then not getting what they wanted out of him and then same with Teddy Bridgewater you can't predict injuries but I think with a guy like Cousins the reason that that is such an attractive pick too um, as a defensive guy he's not going to want the guy who escapes the pocket and, and under pressure makes those throws that Case Keenum made I think that you could sense that Mike Zimmer um, is why you like Teddy Bridgewater so much and even with Sam Bradford and the whole chip down Sam mentality and then that to me was it's a lot safer for any defensive coordinator, whether it's a defensive-minded guy, Mike Zimmer, any other defensive coordinator in the league. That's what they're going to want. But, you know, with Kirk Cousins, I think that that opens up the possibility that you finally have your answer at quarterback for the next few years, and you won't be constantly looking over your shoulders being like, okay, two years from now, what's going to happen? Two years from now, we have three guys who are going to become free agents. And, you know, that hopefully for the Vikings, what they're thinking is going to solve that. Courtney, great stuff. You're the best. You're a superstar. Keep crushing it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Myron. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Uh, I mean, I love everything she said. And, again, the the Kirk Cousins thing is I'm still trying to figure out what the expectation is. And, you know, to me, anything less than Keno makes it feel like, was he worth $90 million? But I don't think that that's really the, the question going in. And again, it's will he be protected? Because if, if they don't, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. If people are running through that offensive line, then it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Well, yes and no. You invest $90 million because you think whatever challenges are there with your team and your offense, that Cousins will somehow overcome them. Will somehow be able to? You mean like Sam Bradford in twenty? Well, I'm, now I'm not saying I'm not saying it's fair, but when you pay ninety million dollars, that's what you're saying, right? You're saying that he's going to figure it out. It is an upgrade, though. You have to admit that over Case. And I was a Case Keenum guy, but he was limited. I, I'm not. I'm not denying that. On paper, talent wise, definitely an upgrade. I'm saying Case Keenum had the kind of season that if someone else had that for the next three years, I think everybody would be quite impressed. We'll be back more to talk. On 1500 ESPN. Myron Metcalf here, back on 1500 ESPN, filling in for Royce. Um, you watched the Twins game last night? Oh, man. I stayed up. I was so disappointed because I, 
I was excited. Manny can attest, <laughs> you know, because Manny has to hear my nonsense every afternoon and hear when the mics are off. But I was jacked for a game seven in the Stanley Cup playoffs, which yep. I love. Yep. And then I'm like, all right, and West Coast Twins games because the boys are in bed, yep. the wife goes to sleep, I get the house to myself. Yeah. And they jumped out. I almost went to bed when it was four to nothing because I thought, oh, it happened just, so fast, didn't they, it? They just don't have it tonight. But then I'm like, you know, I'll give them another inning. Dozier hits the three-run homer, yeah. and then they tied him. Like, all right, and uh, it just all fell apart. But that's all right. It, you know what, though? Angels are legit. They they're, are. They're, they're a good team. I mean, for me, when, when, when Poulsen, I think in the in the third, when he hit that, you know, at that double, mm-hmm. and, he, and he's a, you know, thirty-six-year-old cyborg or whatever he is, right? It's like, yeah, this is not this is not good because the the killers are coming, right? And it happened. I um, sh- I said this earlier. And to be honest, the the most impressive thing about last night's game, did you watch the Kepler at bat? Yes. He got hit on the knuckles by a 90-mile-an-hour pitch, shook it off, hit a home run. That's a sign of a guy that's figuring it out. And I had an argument with Derek Wetmore about this. Yeah. Did we have this on the air or off the air, Manny? I can't remember. It's probably off the air. So he was in the camp, and this is, and I, I'm not an anti-sabermetrics guy in the least. Far okay. from it. I think that's they good. have an extreme amount of value in the game of baseball, but they are not the end-all, be-all when it comes to analyzing the sport. Yeah. And his argument was, well, look at his batting average against left-handed pitching. I said, Derek, He's 23 years old. How is he supposed to learn how to hit big league left-handed pitching if he never faces big league left-handed pitching? Yeah. that's And that's been my argument, and he's really done well this year against left-handers. I feel like the sabermetrics where, you, where that veteran natural eye is important is you can look at that 23-year-old and go, listen, he's coming, right? Yeah. I think yeah. everything is, is numbers in baseball today, and there's certainly value in that. I mean, you cannot deny that understanding every element of a player and how they impact a game is a tool that we didn't have 20 years ago and would have benefited a number of teams. However, you definitely can't just go all numbers when it comes no. to a sport like baseball where just the slightest tweak one way or the other can change. You know, the Byron Buxton thing last year where everybody and their mom was trying to teach them how to hit, right? Like, that to me wasn't about the numbers as much as it was Somebody help him find a comfort level in there. Like help him find himself because the talent's there. You just got to get him to a place where he's comfortable. And the reason that I have that feeling about baseball is because so much of the sport is mental. Where a guy could just be having a bad day. That doesn't mean that's his story in that particular situation. A bad day or an unlucky day. Right. Where he hits the ball hard and lines out to somebody. Stanton in New York. I mean, look how he started. I mean, standing in New York, it was it was all of a sudden people went, wait a minute. You know what? And this is what should frighten the rest of the American League. So their game against Boston, it was the game Cott did the other night, uh, Monday night or Tuesday night, I yeah, forget. Yeah. But he was up against Porcello, all yeah. right? And Porcello went in with a game plan against Stanton. And you could say he was going to try to bust him in, bust him in, bust him in. He had his feet. Like he's trying to curve his slice. Oh. Did you see it has his back foot? Yeah opposite his left foot so he's basically pointing towards the right field line and he hits a one-hop double off the right field wall watch out man because if he figures out how to combat that in that stadium combat the everyone's in trouble he, yeah mike they're gonna win 300 they gotta, games they gotta play some like space jam i don't know what to kind of <laughs> like the avengers or something man I, they yeah. shouldn't be allowed to play yeah i, I tell you what the, why i brought up the game from last night though it, it made me sad i gotta say that it made me sad here's why, why. because Otani and the hype and the buzz 
and the promise and the wow, imagine what could happen is what we felt about Byron Buxton two or three years ago, right? right. And for me, Buxton's still young, 25, right? Just turned yep. 25 years old. There's obviously still a window. My concern is, will we ever see him, Manny? Will we ever see who he can be? Like, will we yeah. ever get a stretch, a four or five year stretch where we look back and go, oh my goodness, this guy lived up to the hype and did everything that we expected of him and yeah. more. That, that to me is why it made me kind of go, you know what? I remember when people used to look at Buxton the way they're looking at Otani now. Yeah, to some well, degree. and it's and it's frustrating with Buxton too because he just keeps getting injured. Exactly, and, and that always, you know that that's what's so frustrating about it because when it looks like he's gonna, this is the moment he's gonna take off. Yep. this is the moment he's gonna get going and really start to show the promise that we've all been anticipating. Then he gets hurt, you know. Then, like this year, was the was the toe thing. Yeah, or it's still early. I you mean, know, we don't know how much, couple, yeah. was it a couple of years ago where he he. Well, I guess pick a time where he crashed into the wall yeah. trying to make a catch and he got hurt. I mean, here's what I'll tell both of you. Okay, look up Tory Hunter's baseball reference page. Yeah. Sure, brought up in '97, failed miserably. Yeah, brought up in '98, failed miserably. Went back to Double A and almost quit. Yeah. yeah, almost quit. Came back in '99. I got it right in front of me. 2000, he started to kind of figure it out, but still wasn't that good. Even in '01. Yeah. When he was an all-star, when the Twins went on that run where you thought, all right, this is the group of kids that's going to bring baseball back to Minnesota. I'm going to give you a stat line. He hit 261 that year. This is pre-shift, keep yeah. in mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is Metrodome where a two-hopper is going to gain <laughs> yeah. speed while it goes up the middle and you're going to yeah. get a base hit, which is what Joe Maurer, <laughs> yeah. why he benefited from there. I'm just saying, a guy like that with that kind of ability, you see it in the field already that right. he's he's special. In he's the field. special in the field and he's gonna help mm-hmm. your pitching staff even if he hits a buck ninety. It doesn't yeah. matter. What? But he I, he will figure it out at the plate. What, what, I, I, what I firmly me, believe and, that. And I and, and I'm with you, Reavers. It's just what concerns me about Buxton is that I mean he is still he's still growing and he's still developing. Yeah. It just I just get worried every time he gets hurt because I feel like that. Sort of when he's developing that kind of yeah he does he, have it's like a, a step or two backwards yeah. and I just want to see him get healthy for a full season so that we can just see that consistent oh. growth into the player. But you don't want to take that out want, of him either, though. You don't want right. to take that 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 want to go get the ball. You don't no. want to coach yeah. that out of a guy either. But with Tory and I'm, this is not a knock against Buxton, Tory had a determination and an edge that Byron Buxton has not had to have. Because he had such a gift at a, such an early age, right? Mm-hmm. With 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 him, it's not like you're molding this clay. It's like Picasso, and you're just tweaking here and there, trying to get the right configuration. Like the gifts that that kid has are like nothing we've ever seen, and, right? But that's why I think you should still remain patient with him because he has dominated at every level, and you don't just dominate like that yeah. because you don't possess ability. But it's fair to be worried, though, right? It's sure, fair to be worried. Sure. I, I'm not. I'm not definitely not giving up. I think. When I see Otani, I have the same question. Can he do what everyone says? Can he be the first two-way guy and do things it's that we haven't seen? I mean, right? I know it was, against, it was against our team last night, but man, it's fun to watch. And I remember when it was that fun to watch Buxton because you thought, just wait, it's coming. That next step is coming. But he, to, not to open up another talker, can of worms here, but I tell you what, because... I know a lot of people are frustrated with Barrios these last couple of starts. As they should be. And the, as they should be, but I will take... 
10 out of 10 times, I will take a guy like Barrios and a guy like Buxton that you see determination. Yeah. Yeah. You see the want over a guy like Miguel Sano every yeah. single time. I will take both of those guys or every time. A guy time. like Andrew Wiggins. I'm, I'm just telling honest. you, I will, yeah. because you see it with Barrios where he's, after a start, he's frustrated. He just wants to, he's determined and he's working out after every start. He's, yeah. he, I will take that guy every single time before I'll take a guy like Miguel Sano. I just, I just want that to translate to execution. Sure. I mean, I just, yeah. At some point, I love that fire. I love that edge, but I want you to play to your potential. That that's why I'm in the stands. That's why I'm that's why right. I'm supporting you. I'm supporting you as a young player because I love the tools that are there and what you might be able to become. But you know but, what? With Sano, with Buxton, with Barrios, with Kepler, with Romero now, Rosario. Yeah. That's a group that in 01, when that team brought baseball back, that's 100%. way not all of those guys would have been better than everybody, including Tory on that 01 team. A hundred percent. There's definitely reason to to be excited, you know, but you also got to have some humility about that because, as Manny said, we don't know mm-hmm. how long this is going to last with some of the injuries and other questions. We're going to be back here after this. Myron Metcalf back here. 1500 ESPN. I believe you have a sports update with John. Thanks, Marty. Are you saying I'm overweight, Chris? No, I always say tell him the Rook sent you, but I got sick of that given helping Rook. Did you just call Myron Barney? No, I said Myron Barney. Wait. It sounded like Barney to me. I said thanks, It's only 430. Maybe we all need a break. No, Kenny's in in I want to stir it up mode right now because he's bored. Look at this. Look at this, Myron. He created a jar, and it says... The Chris Reavers, you had one job jar. Chris will submit one American dollar every time he says you had one job on the air. <laughs> I'm going to make this well, stop. Empty. That's good, right? Well, he owes it $2. I know I do. <laughs> I do use that too much. Shut up, Kenny. This... I'm such a creep. You really are. <laughs> this update sponsored by Shell. Get the feeling of being rewarded with gold status at Shell with the Fuel Rewards program. Download the Fuel Rewards app, join, and start saving today. At the players today, Webb Simpson, 16 under through 15 holes today. What? Yeah, he leads. Uh, he has a large lead right wow. now. Uh, Charles Schwartzel is at 10 under. He's already in the clubhouse. So is Patrick Cantley at 10 under. Several other fellas at 9 under. Tiger Woods looks like he will make the cut. Uh, he is uh, done for the day, and he is at 1 under. So uh, a- the boys earlier were mocking Phil Mickelson's outfit. You know, he's got the long sleeve yeah. uh, dress shirt on, basically. But Fred Aloni pointed this out last night. He owns his own clothing line now. Okay. Mickelson does. So that's huh. why he's wearing this, because it's it's his own brand. Is it a golfing line of clothing? I would assume just, so. What is he worth, Phil? Oh, God. It's got to be a lot. Plus, right? I'm going to look it up. That's well, a that, good question. I'm just saying he makes enough to wear what he wants. Yeah, <laughs> you good know? point. He I wants to wear polka rules. dots and clown <laughs> shoes. Guess you know, John okay. Daly has that covered. <laughs> <laughs> Twins Angels again tonight on the West Coast. Angels winning the series opener last night. Lance Little pitch for the Twins. Lefty Tyler Skaggs goes for the Angels. Ex-Twins news today. Kyle Loesch. Was oh, to, I saw this. Yeah. He was trying to make a comeback this year when he signed a minor league deal with the Kansas City Royals. He's got to be like 40 now, doesn't he? 39. Figure, right? 39. 39. Yep. 39. He was pitching for the AAA Omaha Storm Chasers, uh, but he was released recently, and he posted an image to his Instagram program hoisting a beer and saying it's been a hell of a run. 
He'd also thank teammates that he'd played with through the years. The 39-year-old Loesch spent six of his 16 seasons here with the Twins. Uh, if this is the end of the road for him, he finishes his big league career with 147 wins, 4.40 ERA. He also spent time with the Cardinals, Brewers, Reds, Rangers, and Phillies. Had a couple of nice years with the Cardinals, I think. My yeah. favorite uh, Kyle Loesch story, and uh, one of the reasons I absolutely love this job, we were talking about Kyle in some capacity, and Andrew, a guy that listens to us every day who works for the Twins, sent me the photo of the door Kyle destroyed <laughs> when Ron Gardenhire took him out early and he knocked it down with a baseball bat. I've got that somewhere. That was uh, that was that was, that was some good epic. work right there. You gonna take me out, huh? Whack! Looks like you need a new door. Uh, by the way, you were a tad off, Myron, on uh, Phil Mickelson's net worth. What hundred million? What According to Forbes, four hundred million dollars. Wow. Phil Listen, Mickelson is worth. I'm worth four hundred million dollars. I'm walking out in dress shoes, no socks. I might go naked. <laughs> a, a t-shirt. Right. Right. And some old Lakers shirts, wow. uh, shorts from like the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and daring somebody to say something about me. The short, short one. Oh, yeah. The short, bright short yellow. The bright yellow short shorts. <laughs> and I will dare anybody to say something about it. The John Stockton shorts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I had no idea. $400 million? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Play golf, kids. God Screw bless. football. <laughs> <laughs> football, basketball, forget that. Golf. Uh, the, uh, we'll have soccer on the station tomorrow. Minnesota United uh, plays the San Jose Earthquakes, TCF Bank Stadium. 1230 pre, uh, pre-match and 1 o'clock kickoff at 1500 ESPN. Uh, Dwayne Casey, he was just voted Coach of the Year, remember, by other NBA coaches. Well, today the Toronto Raptors fired him. They called it a difficult but necessary step. The Raptors hoped they had finally achieved the next level this season, winning a franchise record 59 games, entered the playoffs the top seed in the East. But they were swept, of course, by LeBron James and the Cavs. That brought their season to an end. Uh, we don't have to wait, by the way. You brought up a P.J. Flex quote uh, from the Pioneer yeah. Press that yeah. he gave out saying, 50 years ago, we were the Alabama football. That is what we are going to get back to. Retweeted by Patrick James Stephen Royce. Oh, oh, no. Quote. Oh, no. Either that or he picked a bad time to start sniffing glue. (laughs) Can't help himself. Don't ever change, Patrick. Don't ever change. I wish he were here to read that. He he deserved that headline. We might have gotten an all-time Royce meltdown if you would have saw that headline while he was still in the air. <laughs> Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz said this week he's really confident he'll be ready to play in the first week of the regular season, but coach Doug Peterson not interested in naming a specific date that he hopes to see Wentz back in action when talking about the quarterback's knee rehab today. Peterson said Wentz is making progress each day, but added it can be a fine line when it comes to doing too much too soon. He said for now the plan is to just continue the current process for as long as it takes for Wentz to make it all the way back. Yeah, you better rush back. The guy that filled in for you only won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and was no the pressure. MVP of the Super Bowl. Right. No pressure. Don't worry. Take your time. Peterson said, I'm not going to rush him out there. I'm not going to expose him. He'll be ready when he's ready. And when yeah. we feel he's ready, right now we're encouraged with the progress he's making. Wentz still hasn't been cleared to do anything in practice beyond rehab work and throwing the ball, something that's unlikely to change until training camp. Uh, just in case he's not ready, the Eagles signing Joe Callahan, who the Packers released this week. He was the Packers' third stringer. So apparently until Wentz is back, he will be the third stringer. Heart, heartbroken to lose uh, Joe Callahan uh, there, Johnny? Not really. I figured if he couldn't start one of those games, Hundley started <laughs> at the end of last year, something was up. He is I, I the, thought Brett was going to change his name. You shouldn't have that first name playing like that. Isn't he the heir to the Callahan Auto Parts uh, fortune, though? Isn't that why he was going to retire? 
It's a Tommy Boy reference. Another reference. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You like that one, Kenny? I just remember Mike I think McCarthy. Has... I just remember Mike McCarthy being, remember that press conference where they asked him oh, about yeah. signing Kaepernick? And yeah, he was like, yeah. no, we got three we years got invested three. in Joe Callahan. It's just like, okay, <laughs> all right. That's right. Everyone. All right, about Mike. That. <laughs> Reavers, I think you have to put a dollar in that just for making that Tommy Boy right, reference. I'm sorry, I, I owe three bucks now. Kenny's giving me the finger. It's all over with. It's just, it's just we'll I'm be, done for. We'll be back after this on 1500. Myron Metcalf back here on 1500 ESPN, filling in for Roycey. Reavers just showed me a photo. I don't know if it's from today or... I saw it earlier today. Yesterday or... But you know how your mind works. You, I, if, yeah. Especially me. If I see something now, I'm not going to remember it in five seconds. Because yeah. I've, I've got that I think hyper- it's from yesterday because it was actually... Okay. When, whenever it's from, there is a night. gigantic uh, gator on the golf course. It's the size of a Suburban. <laughs> it's, it, is, it looks like a dinosaur. It yeah. does look like a dinosaur and... Is that, is that the TPC? Is that the Players' Championship or that? No, but the, somewhere else. The Sports Pickle retweeted saying, because he's walking across the green, and it says, I would watch a lot more PGA golf if they let one of these bleepers <laughs> on the course every tournament, which is pretty funny. It, it, would, it would drive ratings. It would help ratings. For me, I don't care if I'm a pro or not. If I see that, oh. fellas... That's that's the end of my piece. That's it. I, what is it? Friday. I will see you yep. all at the next event. I didn't make the cut. No, nope. I'm out. I'm, there are gators <laughs> walking around for no. And he he wasn't just like, hey, I made a mistake. I made a wrong turn. He was kind of out there chilling, like waiting for a problem. It reminds waiting me, for some drama. I've got a buddy that lives down in the Dallas area, and we were down there maybe ten longer than that, about fifteen years ago. You know, back when you're. Have no kids and have yeah, a social yeah. life and life is great. <laughs> um, but we were down there and we were golfing at a really nice course in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And the ranger comes up and we were we had a pretty early tea time, like at eight eight nine o'clock tea time on a Saturday morning. And the ranger comes up comes up to us. There's four of us. He says, uh, uh, "Guys, just want to let you know uh, there is a water moccasin on the course. <laughs> just be prepared that you know." And, and to him, you know, he's a Texas guy. It's very yeah. casual. This is yeah. what we do here in Dallas. And a little snake on Three of us there. from Minnesota were like, oh, what? <laughs> so, and there's one guy that, that was in our group that was deathly afraid of snakes. So, of course, what do we do? We mess with him the entire <laughs> oh, no. round. So he's he's looking for his ball in the weeds. <laughs> and I sneak up behind him and I grab my club and I start rattling it in the weeds. Oh, no. And he jumped and took off running. And, that would be- uh, a lot of verbal onslaught uh, exchange after that. It was, but it was fun. That's yeah. what you do with your friends. You mess with them. That would be me, though. That would be me. But this gator, that's the thing. At least with a snake, it's kind of hidden. Sure. You know what I mean? A little bit. And you, you're almost surprised if you see one. This gator looked like a semi-truck. It, it was just kind of hanging out on the course for no reason. And my thing is, most animals are afraid of people, right? Like, most animals see a group of people and they go... I don't want any part of this, right? They've mm-hmm. kind of been conditioned to stay away from us. That gator looked like he was like, where y'all having dinner? Mm-hmm. You got room for me? See, you know, the gator, though, I can outrun the gator on land. Yeah, are they fast? Can they run on land? Oh, well, in water, you aren't going to oh, swim them, but I can't think they I can run? outrun. I, don't know. I think they can actually jog a little bit on what? land. Okay, I'm going to see the gator. That feels feet. like a, a good strategy to get eaten up. See the snake will slither. I'm going to see what the gator. Yeah, the snake will the snake will scatter, but the gator. I think I I might be wrong, but I think alligators can run a little bit. What would you do, man, if you were right there on the course, the ninth hole, and this giant gator comes out of nowhere and is staring at you? What's your move? 
Well, I'll I'll just uh, I'll just cite a joke told by D.L. Hughley many years ago uh, when he said that uh, you know black people they don't go in the woods because black if black people's in the woods and the bears in the woods and black people ain't in the woods no more. So Manny's on a golf course and an alligator's on a golf course. Manny's not on the golf course anymore. That right, so. is the absolute truth. That's perfect. Yeah. I'm in yeah. my car. By the yeah. time you all turn around, I'm already in my car. Hey, wh- where's Myron? I'm gone. I'm out. <laughs> so apparently, uh, the human being can average between 10 and 20 miles per hour on foot. Okay. So basically, what I'm reading is if you can't outrun a gator on land, you deserve to be eaten. Okay. You know, okay. you can outrun a gator. You can outrun on a land. gator. But yeah. now, if you trip, don't trip. Right. Don't trip. You're don't done. Don't trip like the done. horror movies. Like, you better, you better keep running. <laughs> if you trip, you better crawl, bear crawl or something because you're going to be in trouble. With that gator. Is that the first time D.L. Hughley's been, is Hughley has ever been quoted on the ride with Roycey? It might Maybe. be. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Have we, you, do, we do quote the Kings of Comedy we do. quite often. I love the Kings of Comedy. We've ever gotten a deal. Don't you hide in that yet. trunk, Don't Ray you, Ray. Ray Ray better not be in that trunk. <laughs> and where was he? In the, so, uh, you ever see those gator he dudes? Went to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Ray, you understand the FBI is after you. Not Mexico. He went to Nashville. Ray Ray better not be in that truck. Okay, sorry. Uh, those gator dudes, since we're talking about gators, we might as well keep going with this. Have you seen the dudes who who like are, who are trained to stick their heads in the gator's mouth? It's oh, kind of like an act, right? Yeah. Oh. And they do it, and then like they slip up, and then they get clamped on. Mm-hmm. Oh. Zero sympathy for those. Dudes. Well, isn't that how we lost uh, the the who's the guy the really the alligator the um not the crocodile hunter the crocodile, the crocodile hunter. No, we yeah. lost him to a stingray. Oh, was it a stingray? Oh, yeah, a stingray. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A stingray. That's right. Hit him with one of its barbs. Ooh. Uh, because the daughter didn't she end up taking? She's now like she was on Dance with the Stars. She's okay. now a, yep. But Steve I mean, Irwin, right? Yeah, that but if you watch yep. if you watch Steve Irwin's videos, it was. Something was going to happen at some like, and I'm not. I'm not saying like a person like that wishes. You were saying he's walking the tightrope way a, too often, a hunt, and, and yeah. that he knew it though. Like, I mean, that was kind of the thrill, right? Um, but these guys who just mess with alligators and oh. I saw a guy. There's a video of this guy in South Africa, I believe. He had owned this lion since it was a cub, right? So he literally has this relationship that you and I couldn't have with a, a lion, and now it's a full grown lion years later. And he goes into his little, you know, pen or whatever you want to call it, and he's like, "Hey, hey, Jimmy, you well, know, the, the- we just had we just had Monty all at the state fair. We just yeah. lost Monty a couple of weeks ago, and he was on Garage Logic every single year at the state fair. And I would say, what's wrong with you, you know, off the air? Because he's got everybody, all the all the snakes, everything it's, in his that's his life. It's crazy. Well, this South African guy, oh, sorry, yeah, every day he walks out to this see his little buddy." And suddenly today, like little Jimmy the Lion was like, you know what? You look like food today. <laughs> and I'm was, having a bad day. <laughs> I'm having a bad bad day. You look like a steak. Right. And just to tax this guy. Now, the guy survived, sure, right? Sure, But it was one of those moments where these people were like, I understand animals. Now, that's man you don't hear black folks saying that. We <laughs> right. don't walk into a lion and say, I understand what Jimmy is thinking. No. No. I right. stand on the other side of the glass yep, and go, I, right. I don't know what Jimmy's thinking, but it's not going to matter because I got to be close <laughs> enough to get in my car, <laughs> right. start exactly. my car, and drive off. Damn it's, right. I got to have the keys accessible if a gator or a lion or anything like that could attack me. Okay? That's what I would have to be. Yep. Because if that thing walks on the golf course, I'm out. And Jimmy the Lion, whatever it is, I don't care how cool we have been. 
I'm going to assume that you might have a bad day every now and then. <laughs> we'll be back on 1500 ESPN. Myron Metcalf back on uh, 1500 ESPN. Um, so Richard Pitino, Gophers men's basketball coach, he, he, he wants uh, basically more access to private flights and private jets, right? Okay. Um, a couple years ago, he got into some trouble when the internal audit showed that he'd, didn't I think, exceeded. Up, he didn't fill up his gas on his rental yeah, yeah, and he'd exceeded, you know, kind of the allotted hours or whatever for his uh, private flight budget. His contract, according to the Pioneer Press, was amended Thursday, so now he can exceed 40 hours of private aircraft use as long as donors pay for it. Now, there might be some people going, why does a guy like that need a private jet? Actually, Richard Pitino does need access to a private jet to compete in today's college mm-hmm. basketball powerhouse. kind of the, the, the way it is shaping up, I know so many coaches who can make one phone call and be wherever they have to be via private jet. And if you don't have those kinds of resources, you are missing out. You are not keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak. So as much as on the surface it looks like, why does a guy like that want a private jet? I'm telling you, you look around the country to all these other coaches, and, and Manny and I were talking about this. It's not just Kentucky and Duke and Kansas anymore. It's Michigan it's, State. It's, it's Wichita it, yep, State. Yeah, it's, yep. it's guys who can go wherever they have to be uh, when they need to be there, and the advantage is they can be back by dinner. Well, and whatever it takes to get the next Isaiah Washington, you need to do that. Yes. Sorry, hey. I, I had to. I, I, I had to. I, you know what? And I, I take shots at Coach Patino, but I get, and I, but I am with you. This isn't. It's 2018, folks. Yeah. That's just the way the game is played today. You don't build the practice facility. You, you you don't invest in the program to that degree unless you're going to go all the way. And all the way includes private flights. I remember covering Tubby Smith, and he was promised a practice facility. He was promised private flights, and he never got it. And that he was always resentful about that, feeling like Joe Maturi didn't give him the resources that he was promised. But I'm telling you, Richard Pitino, it's not like he's asking for some sort of a luxury. Because in today's college game, the private jets, the facilities – Everybody's All these guys it. have that. Nope, I went down to Baylor's it. practice facility. You get into their facility by putting like your hand on Come this on. pad. Like the Enterprise? Like the Enterprise. You get in there. Every kid gets to pick a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox, right? Every kid has access to all these different fun tools. It's necessary in today's game. We'll be back after this.